Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. I'm so excited. I feel like some of the things that God's been placing on my heart as we've gone into this season is a lot of things that I go, God, the vision that you've placed over this house isn't a new vision. It's been a vision that people have been carrying forth since 2,000 years ago when Jesus commissioned his first disciples to go and change the world. Go and tell as many people as possible about the good news of Jesus. The only thing we get a chance to do is we get to go where and how and who do we go to next. But one of the things that's a precursor for us to step into any invitation that God gives to us is our belief in our actual potential. What I mean by that is you and I both have a belief on what we are capable of, what's cap- what God is capable of doing in and through our lives based upon our bank account, our education or lack thereof, the relationships we have, the influence we have. We gauge internally what our potential is. And one of the downsides to that is God never intended for you to base your potential on what you have. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. God never intended for you to base your potential upon what you have. Now, this is important because we're about to take a huge leap of faith together corporately as a church. And if you consider the call that God has for us, the thing God might be stirring in your own heart, and you consider it in light of what you have, you're going to miss out. And my goal this weekend is to make sure that wherever you're watching from, wherever you're joining us from, whatever situation of life you might find yourself in, that you don't miss out on the potential that God has placed upon your life. You can be seated. I'm excited about what, what God's laid upon my heart. And one of the things as I was trying to consider which direction to go, God brought to my mind a story. And uh, it was a instance that I I got to encounter and experience together with my grandfather, who's now passed, but he was an amazing pastor. And every once in a while, being a a pastor's kid, you get brought into a situation that you didn't necessarily invite yourself into. And on occasion, he would see these moments in time that he felt like it was appropriate to bring me along, give me some exposure. Let me see what's really happening outside of the walls of my sheltered little life. And one day I was in his office after school, hanging out with him, and and he got a phone call about one of the people that were in the church had gone through a traumatic accident. And uh, someone called and said, Pastor, you need to get over here quickly. I don't know how much longer he's going to live. And uh, he looked at me, he called me Bud Man. He said, Bud Man, you want to run an errand with me? And I said, sure. So I jumped in the car with him. We drove to the hospital. I mean, it's like chaos. It's like turmoil. Everybody's just heartbroken. They're just like so much anxiety and intensity and turmoil. And they're panicking at the fact that they might be losing somebody that is so close and personal in their lives so traumatically and so tragically, so suddenly. So I sat down on a little couch in the corner and just watched my grandpa do his thing. And he, he was comforting people and praying for people and, and giving hugs and just being a presence. He was a big man and a calming presence. And he just stood there and ministered to these people. And a nurse came in and they said, he'll more than likely pass in the next 30 minutes. And I was sitting there, a teenager going like, oh, like this is, this is real. 
And within 30 minutes, sure enough, this young man had passed. We said our goodbyes, we prayed for the family, and my grandpa and I walked out really quietly to the car that day. We got in the car, and my grandpa was quiet. And it was a different kind of quiet that day, and I remember asking him a question. I said, Grandpa, are you okay? And he said, I'm okay, but I'm really sad. And I was like, crazy, right? This, I mean, so traumatic. All of a sudden, you know, he was just in church on Sunday, and now he... And he said, that, that, that's sad to me. He said, but what's even more sad is he died with a bunch of untapped potential. And he said something that I, I'll never forget. It's, it shaped my life. But he said, I wish he could have seen himself the way that God saw him. This man had inadvertently taken his life through an overdose struggled with all kinds of hangups and addiction his whole life. And my grandpa helped minister to this man through a large portion of this addiction. And my grandpa's final words as we were leaving was, I wish this man could have seen himself the way that God saw him. I wish he wouldn't have gone to his grave with so much untapped potential. And I feel like as a church, we're standing in this pivotal moment in time as we're looking at the horizon of who we can reach and how we get there and what sacrifices we're willing to make. And the, the, the call that I feel like I have on my heart this weekend is I, I don't want us to go into this next season of life or another a moment in time with so much untapped potential. Because there's a huge difference between people who know that they have potential. I could tell you scripture proves you have tremendous potential in your life. The Bible actually says infinite potential because you're tethered to Christ. And what is impossible for man is not impossible for God. And so if we are together co-laboring, co-working, it means that me as an individual, I have an infinite amount of potential. Some people are excited about that, and I appreciate that. But here's the thing. Potential doesn't work itself out in your life, you have to work it out. That's why graveyards today are, are, are full of not only lives and human beings, but it's full of untapped potential. People that didn't know the potential that was available in light of Christ, and they went to their grave with that potential. And my prayer for our church is that in this season of life, we grab hold of every opportunity. We say yes to everything God's inviting us into. We take every dramatic risk that we possibly can. Why? Because we have so much potential, and God's desire for your life and his desire for my life is this. Seize every single opportunity. And here's the beautiful thing about the gospel. There's not a single person in this place because of what you have done or have not done. You have not uh, removed yourself from the potential that God's placed on your life. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care where you find yourself right now. The potential, the infinite potential of Christ is still upon your life. I don't know who needs to hear that, but you have tremendous potential. We're going to jump into the message, but I just want to read for you real quickly. When I'm talking about potential, I want to read to you the meaning and the significance of this word potential. Then we're going to pray and we're going to dive on in to see what God's word has to say about this. But the word potential means this. Latent qualities. Latent literally means dormant at rest, 
sleeping. Think of it as hibernating. You have it, but have you accessed it? You have it, but have you awakened it? It's latent qualities or abilities that may be developed. Everybody say maybe. See, potential hinges upon the maybe. Some of you are going, when you get an invitation to take a risk or to take a step of faith, what, what do we usually follow that with? It's usually this maybe. Maybe it's going to work out the way that you say, preacher. Maybe it's, it's going to pan out the way that God's word says, but it's a maybe. It, it, it's maybe developed and lead to future success or usefulness. Potential, friends, is the in-between between where you are right now and actualized potential. It is the in-between between where you are in this season and where God wants to take you. Potential friends needs to be tapped into and my prayer this weekend is that you leave today feeling a million feet tall full of the potential the power the grace the anointing of Jesus because each and every single one of us have it sounds fun let's pray God I just pray today would you enlarge our hearts today God, every one of us has a picture of our potential, and your word actually reiterates that our view of what is possible, our view of what our potential is, actually will be the limiting factor upon what we will and will not do with our lives. There's a lot hanging on this, God. And so, Lord, I just pray, would you use my inadequate words, my insufficient words? God, would you um, mend gaps in people's minds? And would you communicate thousands of messages to thousands of people watching around the world? Would you take one message and translate it to every single story, every single person? God, I know that you can. And what I cannot do, you can. I've infinite potential with you. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody at every location said... Amen, amen, amen. I want to share with you this weekend the title of my message, and I'm going to have a bunch of fun using some scripture and some, some tools to help unpack this for us. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The title of my message this weekend is called Unlock Your Potential. Unlock Your Potential. And I named it this for a couple of reasons, but one of the primary reasons why I wanted to name it this is you have potential. Can everybody say Amen. Even if you don't believe me yet, I'll get you there. You have potential, tremendous potential. And the Bible would actually say infinite potential because of Jesus Christ. Now, the difference is not everybody unlocks that potential. I'm going to say the difference is not everybody unlocks their potential. You have potential right now that you haven't tapped into. You have opportunities and giftings that you haven't tapped into. And so this weekend, I want to help you unlock your potential tactically and tangibly. The Bible says this in Proverbs 23, 7, and it's amazing and scary all at the same time. It says this, for as he thinketh, everyone say thinketh, King James version of think, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I want, you to, I want you to grab hold of this for a second. The Bible's actually saying, as you think, so you will be. Friends, we don't necessarily grab hold of the, the, the vast reality of how significant this little thing is in your brain. 
And I say little, I'm speaking for myself. Some of yours is much bigger than mine. Mine's, mine's pretty little. But what happens inside your mind will actually dictate the quality and the produce or the fruit of your life. Somebody say, that's scary. That's really scary. What happens in here between your ears will actually determine the quality of your life. So what we think is paramount to tapping into the potential that God has for you. The way that you think, friends, determines the quality of your life. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What a person believes about themselves will ultimately be what they become. Anybody else go, oh, shoot. <laughs> so much is, is contingent upon the way that we think. And as we go into this big vision series, it's going to require big action. It's going to take large responsibility, big steps of faith by thousands of people around the world. But the thing that's going to hold most of us back isn't necessarily simply our resources or lack thereof, and I'll get to that later. It isn't your lack of gifting, your lack of opportunity. The Bible actually says some of the things that will hold you back the most in your life is this thing right here. So how do we change what we think? How do we change what we believe so that we can lay hold of everything God has in store for us. Does anybody want to lay hold of everything God has in store for your life? It's paramount because there's a huge difference between people that learn about something. We're all learning about something. Hopefully you're paying attention. If someone's falling asleep, just give them a nudge and say, it'll get better and worship's coming back and it's going to be more fun. A huge difference between learning something and doing something. I saw this firsthand when I was going through college. I went to school for business and entrepreneurship, and, and we would take all of these classes, and what was amazing is we were learning about entrepreneurship, starting businesses, opening companies, launching new products and services, but out of my whole class, learning about how to do this, there was only a few people that actually took the initiative to go and start something. My friend Patrick taught me this. I was one of those students that was just learning something, and he was starting a company, and that company got traction, and next thing we know, he was missing school and missing classes because he was doing presentations to CEOs. He wasn't just worried about learning entrepreneurship. He was doing it. But the reality is, and historically speaking, people are learning right now about faith, we're learning about life in the kingdom. We're learning about what it takes to build the kingdom of God. There's going to be people who learn about it, and then there's going to be people who do something about it. And the Bible says this in James 1.22. Commit to it, people. James 1.22 says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourself. So who are you fooling when you only listen to God's word but don't do it? Everybody just put up a hand. Some, some crowd engagement. You're fooling yourself, meaning deceiving yourself. You're acting for yourself. And that's the spirit of religion. People go, I go to church. And God goes, I don't really care how much you go to church. I care about what are you doing to push this thing forward. What actions are you taking? Don't just be hearers, but also be doers of the word. Now, I learned this from a business professional not too long ago, and I felt like it helped unpack for us how do you actually tap into your potential? 
Last weekend, if you were here, Pastor Chris Hodges spoke, and he talked about encountering Jesus for the first time, and when he first found out about tithing, he was like, I'm all in, I'll do it, whatever you say. Now, what would cause somebody to do that so instantaneously, yet there's a lot of us that go to church for a long time, we've learned about the fruit and the blessing of tithing, yet why is it that it's so apprehensive sometimes to take the step? Anybody ever wondered that? You watch people who live generously. They take massive action to start an organization or a corporation. Massive action to give generously. Massive action to serve people. Massive action to give their lives away for the purposes of the kingdom. They're missionaries. They're pastors. They do the. Why is it that some people take massive action while it's really hard for the rest of us to be fully bought in? As I heard about this, I was like, my goodness, this is so appropriate and helps so much connect practically what God is inviting us into and how we say yes. How many of you know a map is important because it gives you the, 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 the steps each and every part of the way to, on how to get to your destination? If you bypass some steps and start somewhere else, you're going to wind up in, in a wildly different, uh, different place than you intended. Process is important. God is strategic. And I want to walk you through this because it made a ton of sense to me. There's four things that build patterns in our lives. Could be patterns of faith or patterns of apathy, patterns of insecurity or patterns of confidence, pattern of action or patterns of learning only. And I want to walk you through this. The four things that create a pattern in our life that build patterns. The first one is potential. Here's the fact of the matter. Every one of us knows that we have potential. Some of us believe we have infinite and tremendous potential. Others of us believe that we have very little potential, very little to contribute, very little money. What could God do through my generosity? Very little gifts. I can't speak in front of people. Who could I possibly teach? We have a, a, a picture of what our potential is. We also have something that's called action. We just talked about it. There's people in our lives that take tremendous action. They are all in. It's like the juggernaut mentality that I am going to find a way to make this happen. And most of the time, our action is driven by what we believe about our potential. If I believe I have very little potential, I'll give very little action. If I believe I have tremendous potential, man, you better believe I'm going to go all in with the action that I take. The fourth thing is, after our actions, it drives a certain result. And this result reinforces our belief. Ultimately, to start this pattern all over again. Your belief informs your potential. Your potential informs your action. Your action Uh, informs your results, and it starts the pattern over again. And here's why this is important. This is actually a cycle. You see, for many of us, if we believe we have very little potential, what are we going to do? Take very little action. We're going to produce very little results. We're going to get, and we're going to develop a belief. I told you so. Told you I couldn't do it. Told you it wasn't worth my time. Told you tithing doesn't actually do anything in our lives. I told you it's Old Testament and irrelevant. I told you generosity doesn't make sense. I told you I couldn't make a difference with my $10. I told you, I told you, I told you. It reinforces your belief ultimately and then sets you on this consistent pattern. 
The Bible calls this pattern for those that step out in faith, eventually you will move from faith to faith. What does it mean? As you step out with a small step of faith, what will it do? You take a faith-filled action. God promises that he will meet you in your result. You'll develop a belief that God is gonna meet me. What does that do? It enlarges what I think about my potential. Does that make sense? Here's the problem. Y'all ready for the problem? The problem is most of us start with potential. So when I say give generously, you look at your bank account and go, there's a problem, pastor. (laughs) Have you heard of a credit card? Mine is full. (laughs) You don't know the giftings I have. (laughs) I'm in prison right now. What could I possibly do in a prison? I'm in a dead-end job. My spouse left me. I, I, I have a terminal illness. You know, this, I don't have, what kind of, what could God do through me? You start with potential, but actually what I want to show to you in a moment is that we don't actually start with our potential first in mind. So for those of you that are sitting, sweating, thinking about an act of faith, an act of obedience, how do I get myself to a place where I can say yes to the things of God? The Bible actually says that we don't start with potential, but we actually start from this place called belief. Now, for most of us, we wait for a result until we develop our belief, but the Bible says you can actually bypass this thing. Come on, moneyball this thing and get the results that you're hoping for in a totally different way. Anybody interested in knowing how the Bible says you can enlarge your view of your potential and actually have confidence to take massive action, even in the face of scarcity, even in the face of fear, even in the face of a bad diagnosis or relational discomfort. The Bible says we have to start from the place of belief. Now, let me read this passage to you. We'll keep this up here. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1. 1, we're going to read this slowly. Everybody okay? I'm actually better at that. I was homeschooled. It says, now faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is actually the Greek word pistis, and that actually means belief. So we can literally say, now belief... What we believe, was that first? Yes, that's first in the sentence. What we believe is the confidence in what we hope for. Hope for, friends, is what we believe our potential is. What's out there that is better? What's out there that is more significant? What's out there that is bigger? It says belief or faith is the confidence, that assurance to take massive action in what we hope for. And it says it it is the assurance about what we what? Do not see. So what he's actually saying is if you start from the place of belief, you can bypass all of this and you can already know emphatically what your result is going to be. 
When God invites you into a step of faith or what we call the rules or the laws of the kingdom, meaning this this space and place that God reigns supreme over everything, he says when that is your belief and you grab hold of what the word says, you can actually preemptively know before you take any action what the result is going to be. So when God says when you refresh others, I in turn will refresh you, I can go based upon my belief before I ever refresh somebody. I know I'm going to refresh somebody, and guess what's going to happen? I'm going to be refreshed. When the Bible says when you tithe, there is a blessing that is on your other 90% of your income, I can go before I ever give my 10%, I can go, this right here is going to give me a blessing to everything else that I touch. When the Bible says to be generous to every person in need, I go, (laughs) There's a lot of people in need, God. He says, because I will reward you. I can go before I ever am generous to another person. I go, when I do, there's a reward that is coming my way. God says, when you give to the poor, when you give to the orphans and the widows, the lonely, the prisoner, the naked, the hungry, you are actually lending to God. And he says, I will repay you. So he's saying, listen, you can actually start from the place of belief and know your result before you take action. And the Bible says what that is going to begin to do, friends, is right now your potential might be living here. He's saying, if you just believe, automatically, your potential and what you view as possible for your future will begin to elevate. What's that going to cause you to do? I'm going to take a step. And guess what happens? When God makes a promise, friends, he's going to be true to that promise. So as I take a step, I take some action. The Bible already tells me what my result's going to be. I can anticipate God's blessing when I'm generous. So I take a step of faith. I take that step, of, that action step of faith. The Bible says my result is going to be blessing. And I always don't know the way that I'm going to be blessed. But God says, I will bless you. I will bless you. And what that does is my baby step of faith produced a baby step of God showing up. And what does that do? It builds my belief in what God can do for the future, which does what? It elevates what I believe the potential of my life can be. (laughs) Friends, for some of you, I'm only asking, take a baby step. Just take a little step. God doesn't look at our finite activities. He's an infinite God. He's not looking at finite activities going, holy moly, that's amazing. Look at the widow with two mites. The Bible gave a story of a widow with two mites, her only possessions, very little. It's like two pennies, and she puts it into the offering bucket, following a bunch of these religious elite with so much resources, dumping their coins in, and God says right there, the widow with two mites, that is tremendous faith. Friends, God's not gauging this upon amounts. He's not gauging this upon how many hours you volunteer. He's going, I know what you have. I know sometimes how scarce your possessions might be. What he's grading is belief. He's saying, how much did you believe me to take even that baby step? Friends, that's what this whole series is about, is not inviting you to give to the church so that we have more resources to go and do fun things. That's part of it. The reason that we are saying, take crazy steps of faith in your generosity, take crazy steps with your time, take crazy steps with your talents, is because God promises to bless you. 
We mean it. If we're promising things and you take a step of faith and it doesn't happen, these doors close really quickly. It's like a financial advisor that invests all of your money and all of it goes away. How much money are you going to give them again? Zero. We're inviting you into something because we're inviting you into the promises of God. And friends, God is true to every promise. This series is less about actualizing the potential that we believe we have as a church. It's more important about empowering you to actualize the potential that you have as an individual because guess what this church is made up of? Individuals. When you step, we all win. When you step, the kingdom gets expanded. When you step, friends, it's an investment into the greatest mechanism on planet Earth. My wife and I, we've been considering, God, what are you, you going to have us do with all the things that you've given to us? What do you want us to give of our, of our time, talent, and our treasure? And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, man, there's a lot of things that are going to change over the course of my life and beyond. When I zoom out and I get an eternal perspective for a moment, let's say God tarries for another thousand years and Christ doesn't come back for another thousand years. There's going to be a whole lot of changes on this, on this physical landscape. There's going to be people like Facebook that probably won't be a company anymore. Google and, and Apple and like Amazon, like there won't be an Elon Musk anymore. My, all my investments will be gone and, and put away with everything that I've worked so hard for will change. The Bible even says at the end of time, the whole world is going to be consumed and purified with fire. When I think about eternity, I think about what can I do right now to make the most significant impact that's going to live the longest and reap the greatest reward. Friends, the Bible says that the only thing that will be standing at the end of time will be the church of Jesus Christ. Everything else will fade away. Every corporation will fade away. I hate to say this, but judging by history, we probably won't have a United States of America. Judging on what's happened historically to civilizations and empires and everything's going to change. What could I possibly put my resources, my time, my talent, my treasure in to reap the greatest reward? The Bible is emphatic that it says invest in expanding the church of Jesus Christ. Friends, I want our belief and our faith to inform what is potential for us. I want you to grab hold of the truth of what God's word actually says, because what's going to happen is your whole life is going to change, and I promise you will die a happy man and a happy woman going, I exhausted everything to make this a reality. Friends, one of my favorite things about investing in the local church, and as I was praying, God dropped this in my heart. Gosh, I said I didn't want to, I cry every message. I was like, this one's going to be different. I'm not going to do it. Oh, Jesus, help me. Um, I was sitting there praying, and I was asking God, God, how do we best partner with you in building the local church? How do we build your kingdom? How does a group of messed up, imperfect people pair with God to build his kingdom? And he's like, Ronnie, I want, I want you to understand something about how my kingdom is built. 
The Bible says that God will build his church. God will build his church. Somebody say, God will build his church. Who will build his church? God will build his church, and not even the gates of hell can stop it. As I started thinking about what we're doing in this space and place of time, the the Holy Spirit just reminded my heart, the church of Jesus Christ was established. The moment that Jesus was died, buried, resurrected, and he looked at his followers, this few group of people, smaller than this room size, and he says, fellas, ladies, I'm gonna ascend into heaven and I want you to take this message forth. And the Bible in the book of Acts says that that group of people turned the whole world upside down. Friends, Jesus made the most significant wave in human history when he died on the cross for our sins. All that we're doing is telling people about that. We're the continuation of a group of people surrounding Jesus Christ before he went into heaven going, we'll tell somebody. (laughs) Friends, we're living in that wake. What we're investing in is something that Jesus started. You wanna talk about a return on investment or significant eternal success, nothing that Jesus starts will ever finish. It will carry on into eternity. And that's why I emphatically tell you, wrap your whole belief around this because it will be the greatest investment of your lives. Guys, I wanna jump ahead to 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and I'm gonna wrap up with this, and then I wanna share an awesome story with you. 2 Corinthians says this, and I think this is such a beautiful pattern as we invite our church family in just a few short weeks into sacrificial generosity, generosity that hurts, generosity that doesn't make sense. I want you to hear what the Bible has to say about this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9.10, it says, it is God who gives seed to the man to plant. He also gives the bread to eat. And then it says, then we know he will give you more seed to plant. Meaning after you've already planted the seed, after you've already sown the gift, after you've already given things away, God will give you more seed to plant later and make it grow so you will have more to what? More to what? More to give away. So he's going, I'm not only gonna supply you with seed, I'm gonna actually give you surplus even after it's planted so that you can give it away. The surplus of my life and the surplus of your life, friends, yes, it's to steward and to grow it and to build it and to invest it, but it is also to give it away. And it says this in verse 11, God will give you enough so you can always, everybody say always, always give it away to others. Friends, I don't know if you feel like you have more than enough, but Jesus says that you do. I'm not telling you that you're wealthy. He's just saying you have enough to give. You have enough to share it. You have enough to give it away to others. And then it says this, then many will give thanks to God for sending this gift. Listen to this pattern. He's saying your sacrifice, friends, is going to create celebration. That's why I love this series, because we get to celebrate what the work that our church has been able to do because of sacrifice. Our sacrifice, though, friends, sets the table for celebration. And he says, 
Then many will give thanks to God for sending gifts through us. This gift you give not only helps Christians who are in need, but it also helps them give thanks to God. Friends, last year my wife and I gave sacrificially. And it's fun being able to see our collective church, people that have joined after the last, um, after the last offering, be able to join in the celebration of what people sacrificed to give last year. Verse 13 says, you are proving by this act of love what you are. Friends, I wanna share a story with you because it's a story that was produced after sacrifice. I wanna build your faith, your hope, and your trust in what God can do through us in this season because I think that what we're about to step into in this season is going to be exponentially greater than the last season. The Bible says that as we step into faith, <laughs> what we believe is potential elevates, and our potential, friends, has been elevated to a very significant place. I want you to take a look at this story. Can we make some noise for all the Denver-based locations? What's up? We love you so much. Brussels, Belgium, we love you. Austin, Texas, we love you. And let's go crazy for the three best locations, our three God Behind Bars campuses. We love you so much. We're so glad you're with us. Your family, don't ever forget it. Ladies at our God Behind Bars campus, we love you like crazy. Of course, all of our amazing men and women joining us at God Behind Bars, we love you. Come on. We are three God Behind Bars campuses. The best three campuses on the planet, God Behind Bars, men and women, three God Behind Bars, God Behind Bars locations. It's, it's very well known. You can't go to prison and not know about God Behind Bars. It's amazing. A girl that I had known for a long time was one that finally, like she started bugging me like, let's go to God Behind Bars, it's this church service. And I was like, eh, no, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go, like I don't want anything to do with any of that. And she kept pushing and kept pushing and finally I was like, okay, just so that you'll shut up, I'll go. And I came in here and I saw the big screen and I was like, really, we're gonna sit and watch a church service on a screen? Like this is a total waste of my night. And everything goes dark and praise and worship starts and I just started bawling. And I didn't even know why I was bawling. I just had completely lost it. And it was like this moment of, I had never felt the presence of God like I did that night. And that was my moment when I knew that God came, like I didn't have to go to him, he came to me. And he basically said like, you are my daughter and I love you and that's never gonna change. And I'm here, like you've been calling out to me, you've been asking for me, I'm here. And, um, and it's never been the same since. But like God behind bars, um, when they praise God, it's a different kind of praise. Um, you can feel the Holy Spirit just um, falling from the, <laughs> the ceiling. And it's, I feel like it's so thick in this atmosphere. I found God behind bars inside of there, um, and it was just such a light in such a dark place. Like The feeling that you feel in there, you can't deny that the Holy Spirit is present in those moments. Um, 
when Red Rocks first came to prison, I remember when they played some songs, the music, and I've never heard the music before, but it was just so powerful. We felt free. Even though we were inside of prison, but we felt free. And all the volunteers, their family, they greet you um, with a smile and they care. Every last one of them, they bring a word and it means something, it sticks with you and you're able to go and give that to other women that don't come. When you go and you worship with men and with women at, in prison, there's such great examples of how to worship in the midst of suffering, how to be courageous, uh, to come to church when you're in prison takes courage. And um, I've just learned and grown my faith so much since being a God Behind Bars volunteer. We don't judge. They've already been judged by the world. And so we're just there to show them the love of Jesus and to bring the light into them and to, to just show them that God will go, He will seek, and He will save the lost. I do think that if, if Jesus were walking on earth today, He would be going into prisons. And He would be going in and just assuring them that they're children they're children of God and that He loves them. I do believe prison can be a place of, of mercy um, and redemption. And I think there's a commission on us as followers and believers um, to stand in the gap in these places. In the book of Matthew about, you know, did you came to visit me in prison, you know, um, you fed me, you clothed me. Uh, and one of the specific things he mentions is prison. Um, because there's no place that's more lost quite frankly, and more, you're not going to find more lost people uh, that are in prison. And uh, we're called to be in the places of lost people. It was so late that my past caught up to me drinking. <laughs> they ended up kicking me out of the military because of that. My child, my youngest, Eric, passed away under my care. Ended up coming to prison. When I first got here, I was so angry at him. So mad. I would never be able to get a chance to see him grow up, to be married, to have kids of his own. I asked him, God, I know I'm already in here. So what is it that you want me to do? Because I'm, I'm tired of running. I'm tired. I'm not seeking for you every day. I know what's right. I know what I need to do. But God, just give me the strength that I need in order for me to go through this journey because it's so tough. so negative in this world. Don't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter if you're in prison or outside of prison. It's always negative. But with the strength that he gives me, I'm amazed at who I have become. I'm a child of God. Wholeheartedly, I know who I am. I don't know what I would do without Red Rocks. Honestly, I don't know what I would do without uh, God buying bars. Um, it, 
taught me how to be the person that I am now spiritually. It taught me how to be a better um, friend, better mother. Um, I'm so glad that I got to meet a lot of wonderful people. Uh, anyone who knows me or has done time with me, I was the one that they said was a lost cause. I was the one that they said would never make it and would end up being spending the rest of my life in prison. And I probably assumed the same thing. Um, but with God, He showed me like He has something planned for me. Whether I like it or not, man, He forgave me. He forgave me. And I just got to work on me forgiving myself. proud of our church. When the Bible says that you cannot outgive God, there's proof. Investing into God behind bars isn't a great return on investment. It's never going to pay for itself. We don't have assets that are appreciating. Every year we write a check knowing we will never see that money back but it's worth it. Friends, sacrifice precedes celebration. I don't want to let you know a little bit about how we got to these stories, and there's thousands of them. We can only give you a few of them, but since 2013, when we began investing into this God Behind Bars ministry, bringing Red Rocks into prisons and correctional facilities around the state, since 2013, our church has given $569,000, over $569,000 so that we could reach men and women that the world doesn't have an opportunity to reach. And the greatest payoff, friends, is that since 2013, we have seen over 5,000 men and women give their lives to Jesus Christ, people who thought that they were cast away, downtrodden. God began to reach them. He sought them out, saved their lives. And what's amazing is just this last year, we were introduced to a piece of technology that God Behind Bars has partnered with called Pando. It's an app that inmates can use all over the United States. They have hundreds of thousands of these um, tablets that, that they give away to, to these inmates to let them use and, and stream our content. And because we gave to that initiative as well, helping provide tablets and apps on these tablets, Listen to some of these stats just through the Pando app alone, not in our men and women's uh, God Behind Bars campuses, but these are correctional facilities around America. We have seen over 860 people give their lives to Jesus Christ through this app. Our content has been viewed by over 280,000 individual viewers, and our content has been watched over 44,000 hours. Friends, come on, we got to celebrate this because this was built upon sacrifice. 
This was built upon people who believed first and it elevated their potential to make them take crazy action. And God's going, look at the results, Red Rocks Church. Look at what God can do through us. Look at what you're capable of. This was, this was made part by widows. This was made part by single moms, unemployed people, millionaires. Like this is made in part by the people who make up Red Rocks Church and look around. We're all different. And God says, I can use you. Elevate what you think is potential. Elevate what you think is possible. And do that by believing what I told you. At all of our locations, if you're able, would you stand to your feet? The Bible says this, Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power that is at work, where? Within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Friends, we're going to ask some great things from God this year. There are people whose eternities are going to change this year. And all I'm saying is, man, can we be willing to say, God, could you just use me? What I want to encourage you with today as we leave is, number one, would you begin to challenge your belief in Jesus? Question your fears. Question your doubts. Question your lack. Question your worry. Put it in light of Jesus Christ and watch the fruit that he performs and fruit that he produces through your life, through your generosity and sacrifice. And my prayer is this, God, as you're looking to do infinitely more than the world is asking for or craving for, could you do it through me? Could you do it through our church? God, I just declared today that the days that you have in front of us are greater than the days behind us. God, I declare miracles. God, I declare crazy, selfless generosity. Generosity that the world hasn't seen before, our church hasn't experienced before. God, I just pray for multiples upon multiples beyond what we need. God, so that we can take the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to more places than we even imagined, more places than we have ideas for. We can send more people than we know their names. God, we can build more locations than, than the list of cities that we have. God, I just ask, would you pour out a spirit of generosity upon our church? Let it start with us. God, if you're going to move, do it through us. If you're going to change the world, do it through us. God, if you're going to change lives, do it through us. God, if you're going to send a worship movement around the world, would you do it through us? God, if you need a generous people, look no further. God, my prayers, would you elevate our belief? Solidify it. God, build a firm foundation in this place. Elevate what we see as a potential so that we can take crazy action. Crazy action, knowing fair and well that God, what you say, the things that you promise, all of your promises are yes and amen. And today as a group of people, we believe that we cannot outgive God. We cannot outgive God. We cannot outgive God. But Lord, we're going to put ourselves to the test. We're going to put your word to the test. And we're going to see what you can do through us. Come on, Red Rocks Church. Can you make some noise as we go into worship today?